Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. Today I'm with the editor of the Church Times, Paul Hanley. It was almost 25 years ago to the day, 10th of February 1995, that Paul edited his first issue of the Church Times. So congratulations, Paul. On Thank you. Anniversary. Um, of course, it wasn't your... Um, you've been at the paper, involved with the paper, on and off for some time. Yes, I'd, I'd started as a reporter. Um, it's, it's quite difficult to get the, 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 uh, the dating right because I, I then left to, um, to work at Lambeth Palace and then came back as news editor for a short while before becoming editor. So so I'd been involved with the paper um, some, if one counts in archbishops, about sort of four archbishops ago. Um, but then I, I um, became editor with three archbishops ago, as it were. And um, your predecessor was John Whale, who I think had been there for about six years. That's right. Been yeah. here, I should say. Yeah. Um, did he um, sort of spot you for the role? And was there some kind of... Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I was... Um, it was quite flattering in that both he and um, his predecessor, uh, Bernard Palmer, um, who had uh, not been only editor but also owner of the paper, had, had um, both seemed to approve of me in my younger phase. And how did you feel taking on the job? Was it was it daunting or? I'm, I, well, I was 36 at the time, and, and when you're that age, nothing's very daunting. I mean, I'd, I'd be much more daunted now if I, if I were approaching it from the outside. And you've seen something of what it involved, having worked closely with the editor? Yes. Um, uh, I, I, what I, looking back, what astonishes me is, is, is how thin our resources were in those days, that, that the staff was about a third of the size but then the paper was about the third of the size so we, we, if we if we managed to put out 20 pages a week we we felt um that we were doing a good job and and it was only 20 pages a week there was no internet there was no online stories there was no social media mm-hmm. etc mm-hmm. and the, the church times at that time would have been based in upper street was it or Portugal? yeah we were we were in a, a set of of small Rooms over a, a building society on on um, Upper Street. It was a it was a lively place, but it was quite cramped and very hot in the summer. Whereas um, we now in our spacious, luxurious offices in <laughs> in uh, Clerkenwell, so yeah. not far away. So I've got a copy here from our mm. archives of your first issue as editor, tenth of February, nineteen ninety five. Um, I thought it'd be nice to sort of just look at what received. So Different format then, in that it was still running a, a news kind of front page with a main story. Yeah, we did that for quite some time, uh, and uh, I think the innovations that I brought in pretty quickly. And the first one was to bring the cartoon, an old Ford cartoon in those days, um, onto the front page. So we had we had a news cartoon um, from the start. Uh, what I remember about that first issue was we had a map of Europe showing a pilgrimage route. Uh, and all we had to do graphically was to add a, a dotted line running from um, Canterbury to Rome, I think. Um, and th- that took, um, we didn't have a graphics department, but it took our, uh, somebody on the production team about three hours to produce that black and white map with a little line on it. Um, 
again, uh, things have changed. And we, we went into colour pretty quickly in the course of that first year. And and the, the, the size of the paper began to expand. And also just turning to your, the first leader that I suppose you would have written, titled When the Anglican Glue Begins to Lose Its Grip. That's quite a, um, it was one of the, one of the parts of the role, isn't it? Is, is thinking about the editorial line and drafting the leader. Or yeah, um, I haven't counted how many hundreds of thousands of words I've, I've written telling the church how to, to behave itself. Uh, the fact that it no longer uh, pays any attention to what I write is, is, is um, I don't suppose they ever did. It's, it's a good um, exercise writing the leader because it, it, um, it clears my mind about how things should be. And, and occasionally the, something I say sparks with somebody. But um, I'm, I'm under no illusions. I, most people just turn the page, I suspect, when they see that number of words. It wasn't quite the first leader. I, I used to write leaders um, when I was news editor as well. But um, uh, I see the opening line, Sism is in the air. Uh, I think that's the, the atmosphere we breathe at all times. But if m- maybe um, in recent years people talk less about splits, they, they seem to be happy to coexist unhappily rather than um, talk about um, going off in different structures. I think the... The Church of England that we write about now is much looser and less structured um, than than um, 25 years ago, maybe. Can we talk about the, the place of the Church Times kind of in the Church? Because, I mean, sometimes people who aren't familiar with the paper will assume it's somehow um, published from Church House and is some sort of um, instrument of the Church hierarchy. And I know you value extremely highly its um, our independence as a newspaper, but I suppose that doesn't mean we're not also part of the church in a, in a wider sense. Sure. I mean, I think the one of the things that we, we battle with constantly, um, even amongst ourselves, is, is this sloppy use of, of the word church. Um, uh, the Church of England said this week, I mean, who, who on earth <laughs> was that? I couldn't hear a, a corporate voice of all the people who are involved with the Church of England. Uh, there's this, this constant... Um, pressure within and without the institution to define itself in institutional terms. So, so we are an Episcopal church. So the House of Bishops have a role to play, but they're not the church. They're not the spokespeople of the church. They're, in a sense, they're the executive. It's their job to put into place the the policies and decisions that we, as a church, believe. Are the right ones. Uh, the clergy, uh, ditto, they're, they're servants of the church. Even the people in the pews, they happen to be the most active members of the Church of England, but even to talk about members is, is, is something we try and avoid. The, the Anglican concept of, of church is, is so broad that it, this membership model doesn't work. And therefore, when you've got such a, an amorphous body of people and um, how do you make decisions how do you formulate policy and 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 therefore giving a voice to people on the edges of the organization of the institution people who who aren't don't know what a deanery synod is don't have any sort of say in 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 electing general synod members all that sort of stuff how, where where does their voice get heard um obviously the the internet has made life a lot more um democratic but but just because you post something on, online doesn't mean to say it gets seen or heard by 
by those who have to to um, formulate things. So, so I, I I think the paper letting people know what's what the issues are, what's going on, what people other people are doing is is still hugely important and. and Rather humblingly, the the bit that we don't commission the the letters page is perhaps the most important of all. Because I mean, I I always remember talking to an archbishop who remains nameless, um, very intelligent, urbane, but spoke quite vehemently about how much he hated the the letters page. And I thought afterwards, well, that's because there are people on there who say things you don't agree with, um, and. And too often, the way the church is set up is that people only tell the the clergy and the and the higher clergy what they think they want to know, um, or what they think they might agree with. This 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 policy this this deference is still there, and um, and the fact that we have some place where where people don't blurt things out. There, there there are reasoned arguments that people have to formulate and so on. But nonetheless, the letters page I think is still. One of the most valuable bits of the paper. And talking about the church, I mean, the Church Times obviously had a history of um, being very much associated with the kind of Anglo-Catholic wing of the church. Um, I mean, that changed before you came here, didn't it? But how do you see its place when one talks about evangelicals or liberals or Catholics in the church? Well, just referring to my last question, really. I mean, if if our job is to encourage the democracy of the of the church, and and uh, in church times, democracy is, is not always a see, has been seen as a as a good thing. I mean, I I don't subscribe to that, but nonetheless, so uh, it it would it would spoil our, our our value if if we try and impose any restrictions on that. Um, I mean, obviously, we look for things that are uh, well argued, things that are uh, um, are. Uh, kindly and thoughtful and challenging and so on but but the idea that we should focus only on one particular voice in the church um, seems crazy um, so we we have a a human liking for minorities and um, those whose whose voices don't get heard very often uh, and I'm sure there are unconscious biases that people pick out but they tend to pick out Quite a few opposing unconscious biases, <laughs> judging from my correspondence. So, so it's um, we strive anyway to to let all of all people's voices be heard. Looking through the archives since you've been editor, um, one would see that there was a, a change. There was some there was a change towards these um, a, a different a change of front cover. Um, more often, more feature led. Often news led, but often more feature led. Was that a conscious? Decision? Did you see things? Not see things moving in that way. Well, I, I would, I would say the main difference is their visual. Although our stock in trade is words, um, I think the images that we we use every week um, are hugely powerful and very important. And and I think the the world is becoming more visual. I think the the, the internet is what's swapped most often is a is a, an image. So the idea of when the paper is sitting unopened on somebody's uh, desk, um, the first thing they see is a picture. I think is, I think that's exciting. I think God has made a visual world um, before a wordy one. Um, and uh, the other thing that I'm I'm very 
proud of is is a huge stock of cartoons that we've run over the years. Um, God has made a funny world as well as a serious one. I think those front covers also show how much of what we cover is not um, internal church matters or church politics. I mean, there's a huge range, isn't there? That's right. It, I, I think we, like everybody else, gets fed up with the, the same old topics getting coming around and uh, and again. Uh, with, there's a caveat about that. I, I think although we get fed up, nonetheless, what we're seeing is is a church trying to make up its mind about difficult topics. So um, I, I think attempts to shut people up or to close arguments down should always be handled with suspicion. But but we we're part of a, an outward-facing church and and hugely difficult and exciting and puzzling and troubling topics are are being tackled at all times. I was just thinking about, it's a list of uh, uh, euthanasia, uh, abortion, how to educate a child, how to um, tackle climate change, how to deal with health priorities when you've got few resources, global equality. There are, there are no easy answers. And so to be a forum where people are, are puzzling these things over and through week after week is is a huge privilege. Can we talk a bit about the sort of process of, of the paper and how it's expanded? You've mentioned mm. digital developments previously, but I mean, when you came, what was it like um, putting a paper together? Sort of... Oh, it, it, it's, um, well, we were, we were no longer hot metal, though when I was a, a reporter, when I first arrived, it, there was, um, the paper was put t- together on a, on a set of linotype machines in the, in the attic of Portugal Street headquarters. Um, so we were we were um, cutting edge, but cutting edge in those days meant um, a trip to the um, the printers every Wednesday to see the the final scratch of the paper put together. Um, there it meant um, waiting for a, a visit each week from um, a courier from the press association who would bring that week's news photograph or photographs in a, a brown envelope uh, and so the only things we had to illustrate were were those pictures plus whatever we had from the archive um, nothing in color I mean the idea now that um, we can go on to any number of photo stock websites and look through millions of images um, and of artworks or people or whatever it's, it's just inconceivable um, there was no email so so the hot news came over on the facts and there was just as many IT problems in those days as there are now <laughs> so some things don't change but uh, yeah it we couldn't produce the amount of work we do now given given all the um, the stuff we put online as well um, there's no way we could have done it in, with the resources we had then I suppose if I'd spent 25 years in the same job, then I would f- have found it quite dull. But I feel as if I've I've worked my way through several different jobs between 1999, no, 1995 and, and now, because um, the job changes so much. If we talk a little bit about the contributors, and we've got some who've um, been long-standing really ever since perhaps you came, and some who've, who've arrived since you came. What was your thinking? I was very privileged to inherit... Um, quite a, a few 
um, brilliant and clever people who a few are still with us. Um, uh, Ron Wood, the cartoonist, is still with us. Noel Ford sadly died last year. David Winter, one of our um, strongest contributors on the diary front, um, has just bowed out. But since he's written about five or six last books ever, um, uh, we might see him again. Um, but um, a lot of the the people I've I've grown up with, as it were, have have, have carried me through. And um, but then um, I've uh, s- some brilliant young contributors come. I suppose that's that's the thing. I'm working with quite a young group of of staff and colleagues, so I certainly don't feel more experienced than our archbishops, <laughs> for example, <laughs> of a similar age. Um, uh, and there's there's also the irresponsibility of 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 the press, which um, so although we we're dealing with the same sort of topics, we don't maybe we're not quite so bowed down as as the officials are. Um, I think, but I'm hugely conscious that it's that that I seem to do less and less um, really, and and I'm uh, working harder and harder. But what people read are, are the, is the work of of scores of of talented people every week. I think I've come to appreciate the the value of editing, partly because colleagues edit my stuff as well, which is which is to help writers express themselves with with the best clarity. And 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 the the greatest privilege is is maybe to be in conversation with a, a contributor to, to at the level where you say, well you don't finish your argument here or or you've left out this section um, or this area and do you really think this is going to read the way that you're intending it and those sorts of conversations are a good fun and and means that one is I suppose riding on the backs of some very clever writers and thinkers the job of editing is is a great pleasure still can I just ask what do you hope for the future of the of the paper of the church times uh, so much is out of our hands. The 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 industry, the the newspaper industry, is is hugely challenged at the moment because uh, of some fairly poor journalistic standards, um, some brilliant journalism as well. Um, uh, and this is where being independent and being well married with um, a publishing company um, and a book distribution and, and a hymn book company and so on and under the hymn section of modern banner helps um, we pay our way um, but there are questions about advertising uh, questions about um, whether people want to read print anymore but I'm convinced that the job of independent scrutiny is, is a hugely important one that, that has to continue Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more.
The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode. Thank you.